Cities around the country braced themselves for the possibility of riots last week after police body cam footage was released in connection with the death of a black suspect, Tyree Nichols, who was pulled over for driving erratically. The footage appears to show Nichols receiving a severe beating at the hands of Memphis police after resisting arrest. As with so many of these instances, it's not wise to rush to judgment, but the available video seems rather damning for the officers involved. The injuries from the beating would later prove fatal, and the shocking footage of violence created the perfect powder keg, another instance of police brutality against a black suspect, just like the ones that triggered riots in the summer of 2020. The narrative of callous white authorities victimizing black suspects due to racism seemed ready to explode into the streets once more. There was only one problem. All the police officers involved in the beating were themselves black. The narrative around policing from the left has been very clear. Police brutality towards black suspects is common and exists due to the individual racism of the officers involved and the institutional racism baked into the practice of American policing in general. Anytime footage like this surfaces, the media prepares its talking points about white supremacy and systemic racism and drones on and on about both topics endlessly. The police chief in Memphis is a black woman. So were the two police chiefs before her. The officers caught on film delivering the fatal beating to Nichols were all black. One would think this jarring shock to the narrative might cause a moment of reflection, or at least some hesitation before plunging directly into charges of racism. Instead, the media immediately tripled down while engaging in a stunning display of mental gymnastics. Progressive columnists and CNN panelists wasted no time launching into tirades explaining that white supremacy and racism had killed Nichols. A Democratic congressman, Maxwell Alejandro Frost, took to Twitter and announced, Doesn't matter what color those police officers are. The murder of Tyree Nichols is anti-black and a result of white supremacy. The representative from Florida later deleted the post. Cable news was suddenly full of regime apparatchiks trying to explain that despite the relevant officers and chief of police being black, whiteness itself was somehow to blame. There's been a persistent effort in the last few years by the left to move from its standard slander of racism to the term white supremacy. Many saw this as a simple escalation of rhetoric. The term racism was overused and had lost its power, but in fact, the shift was far more sinister. Racism was a term most people understood very plainly. It was prejudicial harm done to another person based on skin color. The term was most often used as a weapon of the left to slander or intimidate white Americans, but was theoretically neutral in meaning. Anyone could be racist. But that definition has now been successfully transformed by progressives over the last few years. First, the left reconstituted the meaning of racism as power plus privilege. A person of lower economic standing could not be racist because he or she did not have power. It didn't matter if a black or Hispanic person exhibited prejudiced behavior because they did not have the power necessary to be racist. People of European descent, however, were always in possession of white privilege. They were always in possession of the power component of power plus privilege, and therefore could always be accused of racism. Demographics who are reliable Democrat voters were incapable of racism. Those who were more likely to be a GOP voters were always capable of racism. 
This is an incredibly powerful narrative construction in a society where the charge of racism is considered one of the most scandalous sins imaginable, an accusation that regularly destroys the lives of those it's leveled against. Shifting the definition of racism was a powerful move by progressives, but it wasn't enough. Americans had been sold a system of affirmative action on the basis that racial representation would alleviate the residual inequality and solve many of these issues. The average citizen was told that America was institutionally racist because racial minorities had been denied positions of power and that once they were equally represented in these institutions, the issues would be solved. But after many decades of these racial quotas being in place, both in formal law and in de facto hiring and admission practices, not only did these problems not disappear, in many cases, they got worse. This can be seen very clearly in the case of Nichols, where the presence of the five black officers did not change the level of violence used to subdue a black suspect. Representation had not solved the problems as promised, but the system of racial favoritism had become a core aspect of the progressive patronage network, so the left could not admit its failure. Instead, progressives needed a way to continue to blame racism even if no white people, the only group who are now capable of racism by definition, were present. This meant that whiteness needed to become a disembodied menace capable of plaguing any institution, even if most or all of those involved in that institution were non-white. There's now a mountain of academic jargon around the concepts of whiteness or white supremacy as disembodied systems of oppression. If you try pointing out that the phenomenon of black officers beating a black suspect to death is probably not explainable through white supremacy, you will receive a lecture about how you don't understand how race or the construct of whiteness really work. The rhetorical frame of the left is always to signal low social status through ignorance. If only you had imbibed enough state doctrine, you would understand the sacred mysteries and be able to engage in the discourse. One can waste time debunking all the academic mystification from the left, but in many ways this is simply validating the left's frame by treating it with far more respect than it deserves. It's much easier to simply tell the truth. Blaming an attack on a black suspect by black police officers who were taking direction from a black police chief on white supremacy is a blood libel against white Americans. Turning whiteness into a disembodied concept that can be blamed for any and all problems in our society, even those in which white citizens could not possibly play a role, allows progressives to turn one racial group into the scapegoat for all of their failures. It doesn't matter how often leftist policies fail, there's always one nefarious group who was secretly working to undermine the glorious revolution. If this language sounds ominous, it should. It's the language of dehumanization, used to justify targeting groups for persecution and inevitably violence. It's the sound of Rwandan radio encouraging hatred toward the enemy, and the intention is all too clear. While white Americans are the primary target of disparagement, black Americans should also be insulted by the language as well. The narrative of white supremacy being responsible for every negative action a black American takes is simply a woke reconstruction of the white man's burden. For the left, whiteness is an irresistible and malevolent force, and black Americans lack the agency to escape its sinister pull. White Americans are the ones responsible for unleashing this original sin upon their unsuspecting victims, and only they have the power to stop it. Not only does this rhetoric incite racial hatred, 
but it also serves to block any real investigation into the issues impacting these communities and prevents any pursuit of meaningful solutions. Progressivism is a revolutionary ideology, and it always requires a higher power for its coalition to dismantle. Even as the left solidifies control over the government, corporations, media, academia, and every other major institution in American life, it needs to play the underdog to a more powerful evil. The left is capturing every power center and using its might to implement the policies it promised, but life for Americans is getting much worse, and the conflicts for which progressives promised resolution seem to stubbornly persist. Failing regimes often seek a scapegoat for their failure, something to direct animus towards when the ruling elite are out of answers. And when the target is a specific racial group, the results are always grim. Thanks for watching, guys. If you enjoyed this video, go ahead and click like. If you haven't subscribed yet, now is a great time to do so. If you'd like to listen to these episodes as podcasts, you can go and subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms to The Oren McIntyre Show. If you do, just go ahead and leave a rating or a review that really helps out with everything. If you would like to watch these videos on Odyssey or Rumble, if you would like to follow me on Twitter or Gab, or you want to subscribe to my Substack, the links for all of that are down below the video. Thanks for watching, guys, and as always, I'll talk to you next time.